At maximum mediocrity, people say things like, I don't dress like this on a regular basis. This isn't my, you know, pooping uniform. This is not <laughs> And they also say things like, the, the nurses are usually either angels of mercy or whores. Every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that aren't famous, but should be. Why am I facing Floyd Mayweather in the Woods. My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you. Hey, welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged, bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie. And we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. You know... Five years ago, I didn't think this was possible, but on July 5th, Scott, myself, and a friend recorded something, and there's been a lot of changes, but here we are five years later, BKL now on the show, and I gotta tell you guys, pulling clips this year was some of the funniest shit that we've ever had on the show. <laughs> like, like absolute, this is going to be... There's a good chance this best of is like 90 minutes long. It is so, there are so many clips that I had to pull. It's insane. I get so hyped for these because I don't remember any jokes that we make. So, you know, for the, for the listener, the usual thing that happens is that like Fridays, I'll listen to the uh, the new episode. Then I'll, I'll message Matt and Brian with the funny things that I forgot they said. Yeah. <laughs> and so that's going to be nine. This is going to be like 90 minutes, 60 to 90 <laughs> minutes of just me being like classic. <laughs> and it's and I think a big thing is the big thing I've learned from this versus past ones is that the best thing that Brian has been as an addition to the show is uh, something that we struggled with for a long time of like letting something funny breathe and expand. So like in the past, we've had like these clip shows where it'd be like 30 second clips because we would get to the joke and then be like, well, that's it. And then move on. But like Brian has like brought us back to the joke a couple times and it's made for like good two, three minutes. <laughs> nice. Uh, which and I sometimes, you know, I, 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 take a gigantic shit all over his joke and then he still completes the joke. So let's real quick before we dive into this, what are some of your guys' fond memories? Well, before uh, before I get year? into that, I got to say that given the time being on the show, um, it's it's coming to the point where capitalism is getting the best of me and, and I'm selling <laughs> out. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to put an ad in here right now, right? So do you, do you listeners listen to the show and just think I want I want those guys nice? thick bots well you can <laughs> because i'm going to tell you what my hmn h m n breakfast is i got two slices of a beets that i'm eating oh 9 a.m <laughs> and a bang energy drink <laughs> and you do this every day you'll be a bi- podcaster in no time that's a beats and bang at your local beats and bang stores <laughs> Uh, over this last year, we had, I mean, this has been a weird one because technically within this year, we had some of our best convention experiences, but then we also had a bunch of the conventions that we look forward to ultimately get canceled or postponed this year. So like, it's a weird give and take that we're looking at. But um, I mean, obviously, like Scott and I talked about this before, but Creature Feature Weekend, pretty much after the show was over. We like went out and got dinner with some friends and then there was a pool in the hotel and we went swimming and then went up to the hotel room and just watched Dude Bro Party Massacre 3 together. And it was like a perfect night. (laughs) It was was, like so chill. Um, You know, like uh, Matt doesn't drink and and I think I maybe had like one little bit of like whiskey and ginger ale while we were watching Dude Bro, but I was just wiped. I didn't want to like. We just like laid there and laughed at stupid fucking jokes, and <laughs> it was it was a really good time. Yeah, I really loved that about Creature Feature Weekend. I mean, I really loved 
uh, pop rock and horror. Um, but I guess, would you consider that year four instead of five? Uh, I think it technically happened right on that cusp. So we can obviously like mention pop rock and horror. Scott Hewitt, the guy that runs it for people listening. Um, he just, he gets it, you know, he, like, cause he's been a vendor for so long and everything. And he just, <clears throat> it's the perfect experience for guests, attendees and vendors. It, it's just, it's untouchable in my opinion. No, I agree. I think that he just has such a firm grip of like what makes a good horror show. And, um, it helps that like he gives us and the ghouls free reign and he was going to, I mean, Fright School was going to be there this year and they were going to have free reign to do some stuff. And I, I think that there was going to be a lot of really, really cool things uh, panel wise at Pop Rock and Horror too. And it, it sucks. Like it sucks. It really takes the air out of the, the whole year is kind of just a, a, a fraud at this point. Like let's just <laughs> jump straight to Halloween and then get into. I mean, and if we don't get our fucking Halloween this year, so, so people keep saying that, but here's the thing. We can all wear masks. <laughs> I was going to say 98% of my Halloween is sitting in the house watching horror movies. So like, I'm still going to get my Halloween this year. Well, yeah. for, for the most social of the three podcast hosts here, um, that is just shameful. Hey man, that's my excuse to watch a bunch of old fifties horror movies that we can't talk about on this show or can we? Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, bro. Uh, but yeah, no. Um, so I'm trying to think of like fi- I know it's recent and maybe that's why it's popping up in my head, but like Brian talking about the music that he recorded with, with, Oh my God is so it's so charming and funny and genuine. And I, and he remembers every title. Yeah. And I'm going to bring in, (laughs) I found, so Scott knows this because I sent a video and Brian knows this because I took a picture of it, but I found their CD. Uh, (laughs) So I'm going to rip that onto my computer and I'm going to, when I release the best of, when we play those clips, when we play the clip of him talking about that, I'm also going to play the clips of the songs uh, because they're classic. I wish I remembered my um, MySpace login because I'd really like to get the the album covers um, of our unreleased albums, Black and Back, uh, Back and Black, Chuck Taylors, and I'm so happy I'm email because I remember them vividly. <laughs> Also, for reference point, yes, Pop Rock and Horror would absolutely fall into year five. I'm looking at the list of clips that I have, and the earliest, the first clip, uh, like the earliest clip, is from when we recorded at Monster Mania with Jackie and Brian. Okay. Um, so, so it went that far back. And actually, I'm going to mention that as my favorite clip and start off with that clip. Um, because in that episode, it was the episode where we talked about subspecies. What we didn't talk about in that episode was the movie Subspecies. <laughs> well, it's we... because I was drunk, right? No, no, no. What happened was that Brian had to explain to us the difference between a grumpy and a sissy. Oh. And, then... <laughs> and then he tells us his analogy about why he can't have pizza twice in a row. And he uses the analogy of the movie Grease to so uh stay tuned for that but how about you guys any any like bits that that jump fresh in your brain over the past couple years it's kind of like scott said at the beginning like i don't remember this year i like i as soon as it hits me it it will but they all kind of blend together i don't you know it's kind of i guess the downside of winging it is like as soon when I when I listen to our episodes, it is the equivalent to the listeners listening to the episodes. There <laughs> yeah, have been same. times where Matt has posted an episode, and I thought, "Hmm, they record it without me." And then I listened, and I was like, <laughs> "Oh no, I did watch this movie and then talk about this movie." <laughs> oh man, I, I gotta say, uh, your reaction to Food of the Gods, uh, Naw, Food of the Gods, too is just was was just pretty much a perfect episode <laughs> get right. the fuck out of here <laughs> <laughs> all right how about you scott and then we'll we'll send them to the clips <laughs> oh man you know I, i'm just thinking back on my favorite movies that we did i mean like i thought that we had a really good time with uh children of the corn three urban harvest um and then I also really loved Amityville 92. It's about time. Uh, but I think that my favorite, uh, like when I think back to episode, if I look back at our episode list from from year um, five and I think about how 
absurd the movie was, how much fun it was to watch and record the episode, the thing that sticks out in my brain more than anything else is The Last Shark. Yes. (laughs) I cannot wait to revisit. I'm always so happy when I make a pick that people actually remember and care about because I fail sometimes a lot. Well, you're not the only one. True. Brian, when Brian fails, it's so memorable. I mean, this is kind of like (laughs) Brian in a nutshell, but when he fails, it's so memorable that you can't forget like Bloody Murder 2. Yeah. Yeah, that was a big fail. uh, And I will say it. It didn't have Brian on it, but it was fun to get Kyle back to do Alligator oh, 2. Yeah. And I love I love how that episode came out. Uh, so and that just made the cut. That was like the last movie before I was like, okay, this is the cut for what I'm considering year five. Nice. Uh, there is one thing I want to say, and I thoroughly enjoy when we have guests on, all of our guests. I, I, I love all of our guests, but I think two that that really stood out this year was the fact that I knew the band Punchline, um, and I listened to 92 Donkey Lane, right? So these are people that I, oh, yeah. I looked at as pseudo select. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. not people that I knew on a personal level that I knew through creative world listening. And the fact that both of them, the minute we started recording was the first time that I actually even had a conversation with them, and it felt like we were recording with close friends. Like, I thoroughly enjoyed Robert Bacon and Chris on the on the show. I thought that they were like great. I thought they we we got along great. I had a lot of fun with them, and and, and that's not taken away from any other guests we have on. I just think it's because I knew of them before, and it was weird how it was like a childhood friend. It felt like, yeah, I was no, and I and I think that that's true. Like with guests, it's always tough because you never know what that dynamic is, and mm-hmm. it's almost at the point where like saying that Kyle guests on like barely counts because Kyle's <laughs> yeah. such a friend. Yeah. Like he's such a friend of ours that it's just like, hey, you're not doing anything. How about you on the podcast? <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, with with Bacon, I had only met Bacon once before that. Uh, I had I had traveled to Massachusetts and I knew that he had just moved to Boston. So I'd hit him up and was like, hey, I'm a huge fan of your podcast. Uh, any chance you'd want to meet up? And that was like probably one of my favorite moments of any traveling that I've done was that I literally just. He was like, yeah, me and the the improv troupe just finished a show. We're sitting at this place to get pizza. So I literally just sat outside. It was like a beautiful summer day. And it was just me, Bacon, and like 15 of Boston's top improv comics just literally sitting outside on a patio, people watching and cracking jokes for like three straight hours. It was hilarious. Like it was such a fun experience. And it it bummed me out because I had like a four hour drive to my hotel for that night. Like, I would have stayed longer if it wasn't for the fact that I was, like, looking at my watch, like, if I don't leave soon, I'm going to get to this hotel at midnight, and then I have to be on the road at, like, 6 in the morning. So, like, <laughs> but, like, it was a really, really good time. Uh, but, anyway, that's our little 15-minute introduction to what is going to be at least an hour, if not 90 minutes of clips. So, strap in. Thank you so much for your support over the last five years. We have every intention of continuing to go and push for this show and grow with this show and try out new mediums and try out new things like horror movie night. As you've noticed, we're selling more shirts. We're, we're really expanding what horror movie night is beyond just being a podcast, but first and foremost, we will always be your weekly podcast. (laughs) So uh, thank you for all of your support and everything that you've done for us and the kind emails. We get so many nice emails and messages on social media uh, and knowing that this stupid little show uh, means so much to people when they're at their lowest is a really big deal for all three of us. So thank you so much. At Maximum Mediocrity, people say things like, I don't dress like this on the regular basis. This isn't my, you know, pooping uniform. This is not <laughs> <laughs> And they also say things like, the, the nurses are usually either angels of mercy or whores. Every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that aren't famous but should be. Why am I facing Floyd Mayweather in the Woods. My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you. Hey, welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged, bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie. 
and we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react our friendship might be totally stable but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game so come shake things up learn something new and laugh along with us this is unstable topics get your way oh, to oh. because this one Sit feels back. i mean it's full moon so i feel like there's a possibility but now i'm six worried degrees that no <laughs> are we really beyond the six degrees you had to go further than that yeah damn that's like a first brian how about you tell them when you took the time to figure this out what right now <laughs> I, I so i came up here to do some business pooping <laughs> Pooped. I pooped. <laughs> I shoo shooed, and while I was shoo shooing, wait, didn't you used to call it making a grumpy? I, yeah, I made a grumpy. <laughs> that is the most childish, immature, wait, wait. yet wholesome. And what was peepee? Was there was sissy? A, yeah, you made a sissy. I got because. Go. But let me tell you. Let, let me explain something. I gotta it's go inside and sissy real quick. <laughs> What's childish is. Eating at a Kyle's nice... face is the highlight of this. Listen, you, you're not. It's out of context, right? When you're We're at in context, <laughs> when you're at a fancy restaurant, a real nice fancy restaurant, Olive Garden. You're you're not like you're not <laughs> taking a dump, right? Listen, he's a Carabas guy when it's fancy time. <laughs> yeah. Olive Garden with for a the Tommy Bahama yeah. top <laughs> and the sweatpants. So we were at Golden Corral, and I said. That, <laughs> I had to make it grumpy because I'm not going to say poop in front of everyone. And then I'd be like, oh, I got to go to the bathroom again. Just a sissy. You know, it's it's nicer. Sometimes I think about my life and I'm like, what brought me to this point? <laughs> They're like, oh, is there catering? And he's like, no. <laughs> well, I know you that can lo- drink the wine on set. Listen, Lloyd Kaufman has catering at all of his movies, but it's cheese sandwiches with nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Lloydy, that is is that still or is that in the early 90s? Uh, I mean, that's according to all of his books on filmmaking is why spend money on food when you need to put that towards the movie? <laughs> you know what? He's got a point. <laughs> Listen, Mr. Pizza, <laughs> chill out. And I waited and I ate half-assed PB&Js. Yeah. We were focused on the big picture, which was the Saturday night of Beats. You can get the Beats on a Friday. You can get it for lunch. And then you're unsatisfied. Hey, so here's what you could have done is you could have had a Beats last night, today for lunch, and tonight. And that would have probably saved you from a really mediocre peanut butter and jelly sandwich that your brother made and then asked you how you liked it. Let me tell you something. I'm going to bring grease into this, right? If Sandy and John Travolta, Danny, if they fucked all summer, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, they just fucked, she'd be like, Oh God, this guy's at my school. I can't get away from him. If I ate a beats every day, I'm gonna go home. But instead, I'm gonna go home like Sandy thinks of Danny and just be like, oh, beats. And me and my friends are gonna sing and I'm gonna talk about what we had on it. And I'm gonna bring up the fries and the French fries and they're gonna be like, tell me more, tell me more. And it's gonna be glorious. I'm glad you brought that up because this is something that, that ties into something that I was thinking about on the airport, um, on the airplane is I, I don't have anxiety. I think it's important for everyone to know that I don't have anxiety. I have realism because anxiety is this unrealistic fear. And my thing is when I try to walk through my anxiety, all of those unrealistic fears realistically happen. Like the ocean getting sucked in. I got sucked in flying back on Christmas. So I don't know if I told the story, but I'm going to tell it now. So we were flying back on Christmas, and I really had to pee. And Jade was like, just go pee. And I was like, I don't like peeing on a plane. It's just I feel like people are watching me. It's just it's it's not going to go well. She's, like, yes. uh, she's such a saint for dealing yeah. with all of your insecurities. I mean, I'd say that about my wife, too. So. so I get up, and I walk all the way down, and the, and the woman goes, you need to have your seatbelt on. Go sit down. So I awkwardly <laughs> go sit down. And I'm waiting, and then the seatbelt thing goes off, and Jade was like, go go pee. And I'm like, I think there's someone in the bathroom. And she was like, I don't think so. Just go. So I get up, and the flight attendant's like, there's someone in the bathroom, and you can't wait. So go try that one. So I walk all the way down, and as I get to the last three rows, the flight attendant brings a card out. Now we have two options. She can just stare at me until I walk back to my seat <laughs> or back up two feet so I can go to the bathroom. 
She chose the former. Yeah. So then I, I had to walk all the way back to my seat while people were watching me. <laughs> And finally went to the bathroom after 20 minutes of everyone like whispering about me. It's it's irrelevant to Leviathan, but I think it's important. It's it's water. Know. Yeah, I everything that I fear when I try to walk through those fears become a reality. Yeah, yeah. I I as as an anxious person myself, uh, I'm even with the medication that I take. <laughs> it does that. It's the what if that kills you, man. Yeah. Man. Here's another thing in this movie that doesn't make sense. They haven't done anything with the burnt down school from 20 years ago. Yeah, what the fuck? (laughs) And they walked from the other school. So it was just like they they moved over like 15 feet. Yeah, because it was drove. Oh, did they? I think they drove. I think that they had to have drove. Okay. I don't think you can go to a school with a burnt down school next to (laughs) it. I feel like someone Uh, would be like, "Uh, this needs to go. Hey, yeah, I uh, tried taking my son to his first day of school, and it's just a burnt-down building. Oh, we're <laughs> next door, man. We're, oh. Yeah, we're 444. You're at 442. <laughs> oh, okay. That makes me feel so much better. <laughs> so but, stupid. like, I left the kid at the burnt-out school for the day because I was uh, I was late to my first meeting. Yeah, I had to get to a payphone to call you about this because it's 1990. <laughs> Can you send one of the security guards in his little golf carts to get my son? He's got a wheelie book bag. He's trying to get it over Rubble now. <laughs> she seems so emotionless throughout the whole movie. Like, she seems like she's the one phoning it in. And she's the one that's like, no, nah, that was a blast. And Matthew McConaughey is the one that seems like he's going 110%. And he's like, oh, I wish I'd never done it. <laughs> really? Is that his Is that his uh, takeaway? That's his soundbite about TCM? I, I'm guessing they, so. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they said, how was fucking shooting T, uh, TCM Next Generation? He said, I don't know. It was all right, all right, all right. That's uh, <laughs> Dude, and we have an all right, all right, all right in this movie. Yeah, yeah we, we do. do. Yeah. You know what else we have? We have someone that's so – I get the beginning where it's like, all right, I'm going to pay homage to the original. But who do you think you are shooting Texas Chainsaw Massacre Next Generation and being like, you know who I need to pay homage to? Alfred Hitchcock. Let's do the North by Northwest scene. Let's <laughs> let's do that because this movie's on par with that movie. We're introduced to Barry who's such a character of a douchebag that it borders on laughable at this point. Yeah, but that's that's is is he also the one that was like kissing another girl and he's like, "Oh baby, you did nothing happened." Yeah. Well, baby, you won't give me the HJs, so I had to go to another source. I outsourced the HJs, but I love you. Which I get to an extent when you don't get <laughs> when you don't get an HJ, you have to outsource it. Yeah, but you have to outsource it to yourself. That's, just- That's what I do. <laughs> it's like you know what, Jade isn't giving me what I want. I'm gonna go in the bathroom, but not the one connected to our room, the guest bathroom. Don't ask questions. I'll be back in five minutes. And <laughs> self-employment is sort of a big deal now. It's so, so- <laughs> social economy is is huge. Now, before we get into laughs, we got to get serious about this episode for a second. This episode is almost ruined my engagement and my relationship and put me in a bad spot. Oh my God. Did Jade not like Beetlejuice? No, no. Jade loves Beetlejuice, but okay. (laughs) Jade's okay with being number two. She's accepted being number two. And then she came in she said, Oh, look at your girlfriend. And I said, who Winona Rhonda? She said, yeah, you love her. I said, I do. (laughs) And then we ate, we were eating dinner and she said, wait a second. Christina Ricci is your girl. That means that there's two girls above me. (laughs) And I I couldn't lie to her. I said, yes. (laughs) Well, it sucks because we don't have enough time to do this. But the next time we go to a con together, I want you to be Beetlejuice and me to be Alec Baldwin when we're wearing the same clothes. (laughs) (laughs) I would be 100% down with that because that's easy enough. I would probably... Do what the hell is his name? The the great the designer, Otho. Oh, Otho, because that. Oh, would you be Otho when he's Otho. in the? You you could be Otho when he is in the the ugly denim suit. Yeah, or Otho in a kimono. Like it, yeah. the thing is, <laughs> I'm sassy and I'm pudgy. Yeah, and I. 
and I don't care for cosplay too much, so the least amount of effort I have to put into it <laughs> is better. Like, I, I, I got confused by that because I decided not to dress up for a Halloween party, and they were like, great Otho, and I was like, excuse me? <laughs> <laughs> Say again? <laughs> this movie has one of the most concise IMD plot descriptions I've ever read, um, and it just said, in 1950s Africa, a tribal magician calls up a demon to kill Europeans. Do they not know what anything is? <laughs> they don't know anything. No. A tribal magician. <laughs> See, if they had watched it, they'd me? know that it's called a Niyogo. Niyoga. Niyoga. If they Neo didn't watch it, they could say <laughs> a witch doctor. A That's witch what doctor. they could say instead of a tribal magician. Because that sounds cool. <laughs> that sounds like a guy with not a lot of clothes pulling rabbits out of his hat. And I would pay to see that. Hey, Brian, I think we figured out our next business venture. <laughs> I'm glad you brought up pizza. Because I got, I got a bone to pick with pizza that I, I didn't realize as an adult. So Jade, me and Jade ordered some pizza last night, and she was in the mood for Sicilian. Why is Sicilian a pizza? It's, it's like you're just ordering a pizza, and you're like, can I have a little too much of everything? Sure, we'll give you a lot of dough, too much sauce, and a shitload of cheese and throw it at you and charge you $5 extra. It's infuriating. Wait, so the Sicilian did, pizza. Did she know this or is this her first time having Sicilian? She loves Sicilian. She loves it. Maybe she oh, just- you gotta call off that engagement. No, dude, no, no, no. You, you <laughs> hold on to that forever because she sees that Sicilian as you. You're yeah, just a little, a little too, much, too of much of everything. So you, you're just a little too, you're a little too lovey. You're a little too horny. You're, you're a little too tattooed. You know, you're- You're a little too big. A little too big. Just but you can always break. you can always get rid of that extra dough, buddy. Uh, yeah. I know. I mean, ever since the boob flap, that's been that's what? been my biggest thing. Oh, I thought Are I brought you jogging and you bit. and you had a boob flap. So as we talked previously about me being creepy in my relationship, <laughs> she was getting ready to get in the shower. So I went up and I just hit the bottom of her boob, did a little boob tap, and then she did it to me, and it sounded like a waistband in underwear <laughs> snapping back. <laughs> I feel like you fucking deserve that though. Like who boob slaps their their fiance? No, this is a boob slap. I did a boop, like a little. You flip. gotta ask permission, dude. I think that's a two way street though. Like, should I? Ask no, no, no. Please touch me room? anytime. Don't yes. ask. Yes, yes, I should ask for permission. Should you ask for permission when you're gonna eat my toaster strudels when I only have <laughs> two left and you eat the last two and then leave the box in the freezer? Wait, who eats two toaster strudels in one sitting? Jade, you need to calm the fuck down. That's how they're made. Look at a toaster. Two slots. <laughs> two strudels. Dude, even when I was a teenager and eating way more than I do now, I never ate two toaster strudels. That's just gluttonous. I could eat six. Well, yeah, I know you can eat six. Yeah, exactly. Hey, Brian, if you want to lose weight, don't eat fucking four toaster strudels in a morning. Dude, they come in twos. <laughs> I got I got two hands, so I have two for each hand. Like uh. it's like he, I actually do enjoy him in this movie. It's the only thing that kept me watching because it's like same. He yeah. talks exactly like Norman Bates in the original Psycho, but if he was doing like stand up, yeah, like <laughs> Norman Bates stand up is yeah. an amazing idea. <laughs> and I think it would sound a little something like this. Did we watch the same Psycho? <laughs> I mean, hey, we all go a little mad sometimes, am I right? <laughs> oh, that worked out better than I thought it would. I couldn't remember if it was one of two options because I definitely wanted to watch three. And that's the one that I either met. And I don't know if I either picked three and you guys were like, we already did that. So I went to four or if I accidentally picked four thinking I was picking three. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you know, but i was i was uh, shocked when i was like hmm, there's a lot less nazis than i remember <laughs> <laughs> they give him a pass i mean it was fun i just wish that like i feel like the writers really tried like really drove home that the one guy was a douchebag and they didn't need to as much. Like we got, yeah. we got it. He's a dickhead. Yeah, but mm -hmm. they just Are kept talking about the guy with the glasses. Yeah. yeah and then, although his one redeeming factor is when he goes Nazis. I hate those guys. 
other than that <laughs> classic <laughs> yeah. jesus this movie this movie has some things mm-hmm. like to jump to the end Toulon's head on a puppet body the same effect of an unchanged disney ride from the 60s like <laughs> the hologram yeah. <laughs> well and i have to say we've talked about this multiple times on the podcast about how one of the greatest moments in any horror film that we've ever watched is in ghoulies 2 where the ghoulies give each other a high five <laughs> but i think I think a strong second place is watching Pinhead scratch his head out of confusion. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, man. The whole camaraderie got... of them. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, they're all pals. It's so weird because there's this one point where Pinhead is wiping blood, demon puppet blood off of Tunneler's drill, just like so gently. It's just so tender. <laughs> it's so weird. And then uh, I like how the kid's like, way to go, Tunneler. (laughs) After he completely just drilled his arrow. Like, way to go. This had to have been around the same time that Charles Band was doing Moonstone. Mm. Because it definitely feels like it's got that influence of, like, his attempt at kids' movies. Like, I'm not sure if you remember, uh, well, Dragon World was terrible. But uh, Remote was one that he did where it was basically, like, Home Alone but it was a kid who built things out of remote controls. So instead of it being like pranks that he laid around, it was like little robots that he created to fight the bank robbers. No, I yeah, haven't I seen. From that <laughs> and every <laughs> listener right now is doing the pinhead head scratch. <laughs> <laughs> remote. Yeah, it was remote. remote. There was remote uh, dragon world and pre hysteria. were like the big, oh, like yeah, Charles Band it. trying to do kids movies. Nice. Listeners specifically. I love you guys. <laughs> But think about the amount of time that you're at. Like, where are you going to meet people where you're going to say that? A convention. There's a lot of big sweat guys walking around those conventions with very minimal deodorant. Okay, I, that's so also something that I needed to do, and I have sat on it. What's By the time this comes out, we're about two-thirds of the way through convention season. So, fuck it. I'll save it for next spring. But I was actually going to make an infographic of what to do at cons. And the first bullet point <laughs> is wear fucking deodorant. <laughs> But yeah, Matt, you know I how wanna, like people I, have hand sanitizer at the dude. Would it be would it be offensive if like you know how, like people have hand sanitizer axe, at their table? Axe body and spray, pe- man. Yeah, just put it right there at the table. Like, oh, go ahead and spray yourself. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're gonna actually give it you like a sign. <laughs> Do you, can you imagine if nerdy ass horror movie night gets a sponsorship from bro ass body spray? I mean, it come on, it's perfect. Axe body spray, they can work so oh, many horror shit. angles into that. Come on, can they get a blood sense. I'm walking away. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, this was an Italian film, like this was, yes. and I feel like Italians when they make bad movies, they're like. Bellissimo, you know, like they they want, <laughs> you know, they fucking want it to. They they don't give a fuck. They are like there, and they are going all out. They have no chill. They have no subtlety. And I don't know if it was just the seventies and eighties, but like every Italian horror film that's not a giallo, and including giallos, I guess, is just so on the nose. They don't care. Yeah, I don't think it's just Italian films. I mean, look at Olive Garden. Shut up and eat our shitty food. Oh, says the guy who probably loves Olive Garden. I like Carabas. Oh, I'm a Carabas guy too. What the fuck is the difference? Is Carabas just one step above Olive Garden in quality? I, I always say that Carabas is like the depressing Olive Garden because they keep the lights low and it's all sad Italian music. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's not good. I've had good Italian food. I just like the ambiance there. Yeah, I, I agreed. And, you know. Sometimes, so this became the joke at uh, Comic-Con was I was insistent that at some point we go to Old Spaghetti Factory because I just wanted some pasta, which, you know, Jonathan brought up multiple times. Oh, yeah, come down to San Diego, home of tons of great seafood and lots of other stuff. But let's just get pasta that you can get from fucking anywhere at a franchise spaghetti place. I will say this. One of the days I was most angry with you. And I, I never told you this, but it infuriated me, was you put up a status and you were like, ask me my top five anything. 
and someone said top five restaurants and all five were chains. It just it yeah. pissed me off so much. You were like yeah. Olive Garden, Applebee's, TGI Fridays. <laughs> <laughs> years ago though. Jesus. Uh, it pissed me off so much. You'll never forget. <laughs> it was exactly what I needed after watching a, a family member's ashes get buried. So thanks, Brian. Oh, Jesus Christ. You were so nonchalant You're blaming about blaming me for Uncle Al's death? What did I do? Because <laughs> <laughs> um, you picked the creeps. He would have loved this movie. <laughs> First of all, the reason we're making jokes about it is because Uncle Al is so happy right now, wherever he is. <laughs> for the past half a decade, I would reach out to him maybe once or twice a year, and every time I'd say, there you go, Hello? And I go, hey, Uncle Al. Oh, Brian. How you doing, Uncle Al? Oh, terrible. Terrible. Everything hurts. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> but yeah, we can cut that part. Uh, Why? <laughs> Uncle Al must live on. <laughs> now I'm going to be 34. Uh, uh, my Uncle Al. <laughs> I need a person. 35 to 45. <laughs> says the boogeyman is revealed to be henry dr allen had locked him in a closet and attempt to treat him for boogie phobia which we're going to oh, get to in a boogie second phobia <laughs> and the boogeyman possessed henry at the time let me tell you something so he says you have boogie phobia and i was like that is so dumb they couldn't even go through the trouble of just looking up to what the actual disorder is it's a real thing yeah boogie phobia is real what yeah it's that might really be what stupider than this whole movie <laughs> yeah so so here's the thing is that he says you've got boogie fever or boogie phobia <laughs> boogie fever you got boogie phobia and everybody laughs and he starts yelling at them and all i could think of was it, like if we were to do a sketch around this concept it's just like you've got the most severe case of farty farty poop poop <laughs> i've ever seen and everyone starts laughing and he's like why are you laughing farty farty poop poop is a serious condition <laughs> like, man that is genius we need a we need a show <laughs> we've had that conversation before though about you know designated fat people in oh, movies yeah. oh it's she's like, got those glasses and those overalls yeah oh. no, i could never ever be an actor because i know what scripts my agent would bring to me oh yeah what would they bring they're just like oh we got a great role for you it's ugly fat pathetic guy we think (laughs) you know they asked about you by a first name basis (laughs) let's see we're looking for a guy he's got to be kind of pathetic definitely doesn't kiss any girls in this movie yeah uh gets winded when he walks up too many stairs Oh, the Brian Kelly role. Yeah, we yeah. got him already pinpointed. <laughs> well, we also wanted to get his brother. Do you think that we could get both of them? Same price? <laughs> I, I mean, the one just likes being in the spotlight, so sure. <laughs> He'd say yes before you handed a script to him. <laughs> Hi, are you available? Yes. <laughs> yeah, hit me. <laughs> Drop everything. And said he also had a cameo as one of the party dancers in the Adams family <laughs> as Diggit Adams. Let me see. Diggit Adams. So, so dig it, Adams. If you Google it, is like literally an extra. Like the only picture oh. they have, the only picture they have is a blurry photo where he's standing behind the two-headed women, and says, <laughs> "Dig it, Adams is a relative of the Adams family. He has four arms and dances with his date, a woman with long blonde braids, like Heidi, at Uncle Fester's uh, homecoming party." Matt, that that's Matt. it. Yep. Oh my god. <laughs> It's Digit Adams. Digit, dig it, whatever. No! Oh my god, Matt! <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, we're thinking about Lumpy Adams. Yeah. Listen, it's spelled D I G I T. That is dig it if I've ever no, seen it. Oh, it's Digit! It's Digit! Oh my god. I could get it if, like, Digit wasn't a real word. You know what I mean? And Digit was. <laughs> oh, now I want to make a Digit Adams. I just think that's a great name. Yeah. <laughs> He's just very agreeable about everything. Hey, Mr. Adams, what do you think? I dig it. <laughs> dig it, Adams. <laughs> there was this guy that I grew up with, David, and um, he was a weirdo, uh, weirder, weirder weirdo than me. And one time he came over to my house um, unexpectedly, and we were just 
I think that our moms were talking because we were both in Boy Scouts or some shit. And we were playing outside while my parents, our parents talked. And then his mom's like, all right, David, time to go. And he was like, no, mom, I'm staying for the rest of the day. It was 10 a.m. And I looked at my mom just horrified. (laughs) His mom uh, saw me make that look. And she's like, "Uh, David, I think that they're busy. We'll have to play some other time. And he was like, oh, man. And, you know, he was exactly (laughs) like um, Charlie Brown. (laughs) Uh, The exact same story, except for I'm that kid. (laughs) <laughs> with no spatial awareness with none to be like i'm staying forever here <laughs> no i i'm with bacon i in retrospect i look back and i'm like man god bless the kids in elementary school that just let you hang out. gold yeah buckled and let me have sleepovers because <laughs> we had nothing to talk about i should have known when he's like hey you know it'd be really fun is if we both just sat in corners and read these calvin and hobbes comics quietly to ourselves <laughs> 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 the saddest thing in the world i was like yeah i love calvin and hobbs <laughs> uh if you're in the boston area uh i'm gonna be performing this friday uh well what time's this what's this show coming this, out this comes out a month from now Never mind. <laughs> you could have seen a kerfuffle <laughs> do you have well, a show oh, that's gonna you know be dropping around that or happening around the time this comes out uh no uh but <laughs> I could just tell you guys what I did during the show now because no one's going to see it. You're already hearing this or this part will get cut out. I don't know. Bonus content. Uh, the <laughs> uh, I'm going to do – so it's a thing where everybody comes on with their own sketch ideas. Uh, you like submit a sketch idea and you get put on or whatever. And it's uh, a really, really fun thing here. And uh, mine is really, really dumb. It's called Forest Hump. And uh, we're, it's Tom Hanks night at a strip club. And I come out as Forrest Gump. And at first you just think I'm going to be doing normal, like dumb dancing and stripping. But look, we have a bunch of them, uh, like uh, Blast Away, um, uh, Sex Toy Story, uh, Big. <laughs> oh my god so so the dj the dj like before i come out he says like the, the dj set goes through all these names of like basically every tom hanks movie but in a porn pun kind of and then i come out i dance and to to a girl in the audience i make her my jenny and the music cuts out and then i slowly strip to the monologue that he says at her gravestone <laughs> You died on a Saturday morning. (laughs) And I had you placed underneath that tree. And I'm just going to slowly strip. (laughs) So that's what you missed, you guys. If you. (laughs) I am buying a fucking plane ticket. (laughs) So visually pleasing to me. Um, The bright red blood. I love like if I see blood that almost looks pink, I am enjoying the movie that I'm watching. Okay, that's not true. That (laughs) That is not true because the the, was it the first movie that you did as a full co-host was uh, the play hospital. Oh no no yeah fuck you yeah can of red can (laughs) of red in the uh, and and you were criticizing it. That wasn't pink though. He was criticizing. That no one questioned what a can of red was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't attacking the blood itself. It was just that it was a can of it. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, he's like, that's not blood. That's a can of red. And everyone was like, oh, got it. Story checks out. There's the can of red right over there. If you want to actually listen to that, that's in Hospital Massacre slash X-Ray. That's our discussion on that. Yeah, like people love people love part three. I've heard so many people rank part three as like one of the best. And I remember we did a live stream watching it, and it was tough. It was like... I saw it in the movie theaters. Was it at least in 3D? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that has to make it a little bit better. I Um, saw no third dimension. (laughs) I don't know if you remember it. I remember that it's over the top with how much it throws shit at the camera. And it's like... Like, there's a part where a guy hands a doobie to the audience. Yeah, oh, that, and that's what most of it is. Like, yeah. there's a few kills, but like, there's like a tennis ball being thrown up in the air, like. 
Matt, you just said doobie. (laughs) (laughs) You guys smoking some doobies? Yeah, I hear it helps with glaucoma. (laughs) I was hoping you guys didn't notice what I said. Scott Scott was the one who who paused it. And when he hit pause, I said, I'll rewind this. (laughs) Let's go back to the tape. (laughs) let's review this oh son of a bitch the sex scenes are the ones that have the most care it's like they linger i was uncomfortable watching them i didn't even really watch them i kind of like uh, you know looking through my fingers like a little boy who was embarrassed about his little boy boner yeah but that's because you can just feel the director yes okay that's exactly it's like Okay, now he cut your leg off. Oh, my leg. All right, good. One take. All right, now shower. <laughs> All right, now. We're going to need a couple takes for this yeah. one. <laughs> now blow on her nipple. Okay. <laughs> Man, and, and yeah, this was, direct, this was directed by the guy from Return to Horror High for sure. <laughs> oh man I, when i went to the theater there was someone on their laptop before the movie which i saw that never why seen would people do that i have no clue why would you bring it and i saw it it's not even like i just saw it at a regular movie theater i was at a movie theater in the middle of the mall so this dude was walking around with his laptop through the mall in order to get to the movie theater that's like I, the most adult thing that you can do at an child <laughs> movie i was so surprised when the lights turned on and i and i was like holy shit jade we're like were those people we were like the old people at the movie we were we were one of the oldest couples there and i want to say kudos to the younger generations because i had no idea that the theater was packed with teenagers until the credits which says something about them because i feel like i just complained about them and, and child's play and it was like you know what you guys came to a movie. They were probably getting hand jobs. It was a Thursday night in the summer, so but they were <laughs> they were quiet, and that's all that matters. This is a little bit of an inside baseball question, but it really blew my mind when I was watching it. Here we go. Um, how did you get the okay for uh, Jennifer Help Us, which is such a phenomenal movie that I feel like wait, most what? people don't know? Wait, what? Are you serious? Or wait, Jennifer Help Us, like on the TV? Yeah. Right? That that Juan is Juan is uh, Juan Juan worked Juan the director was he's one of one our of, best friends he worked yeah. on the movie though every day on the set yeah, he's he cut yeah. his arm we have tattoos right here where because Juan slashed his arm open <laughs> painting the house in in after midnight that's awesome I, the no, producer we're... Brian Berger is on our show on a pretty regular basis because oh, we wow. love that movie so much oh, so that's like, so crazy when I saw them like that's the mask from Jennifer Help us. what the fuck is <laughs> that thing yeah, yeah we needed the weirdest question I've ever we needed, we needed we needed something free to put on the TV <laughs> yeah. we're like Juan <laughs> how did we get it it was like the only thing that was free <laughs> like Juan give us your movie we could have put spring on there mm. no we couldn't I shot. I shot. I, I did the cinematography for his new movie, Fingers, as well. Juan's new movie. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, yeah. No, Juan is the best person. He's the sweetest man alive. Yeah. Uh, him and Chris Dorch are like, they work. Chris Dorch runs the CFF Chattanooga Film Festival, and Juan were like, hey, take off the doors on that house. Hey, paint everything in here. Hey, get all the bugs out. And they're just like, we got it. Don't worry about it. We're on it. Hey, impale your arm on some glass. Yeah, okay. Slash I'm on it. Open. We did not tell him to do that. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's no, Juan cut his cut his arm very badly while he was painting inside. And he was like, guys, can you get a towel? And I'm like, oh, Juan fucking kicked over some paint. And he's like, comes out and he's just gushing blood. And I was like, oh, that's a hospital. That's a hospital. And Dave's on the phone and he goes, let me see. Let me see. And he looks and he goes, all right, get in the car. <laughs> so he, ta- he takes him down to the clinic. And because Juan cut his right arm, he couldn't fill out the thing. So Juan is, is a Puerto Rican man. He, he's sitting there. He's sitting there covered in paint, bleeding. And Dave is asking him all of his information. And he's like, it looks like I hired a, 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 like a, someone from like a Home Depot lot <laughs> to paint my house. And he cut himself. And I had to bring him down here. Next week with... You know, a movie that reminds us that the long arm of the law can get you. And you got to be careful with how you act. So come in next Prepare week. Prepare to check get fucked out. by the long dick of the law. Oh, shit. <laughs> We're watching Sheriff Long Arms. I love that movie. <laughs> we can't catch him. He's 20 yards away. This looks like a job for Sheriff Long Arms. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, Brian, how are you going to wrap up your little devil story? So my little devil story, he takes, uh, he takes his partner to this highway, and the partner's like, what are we doing here? And he's it's like, the end oh, of Southbound. <laughs> let me tell you something. And he goes into The Benediction, which is a story from an anthology film called Nightmares from the 80s um, about a priest who uh, he's facing a crisis of faith after a little boy dies uh and this car this truck comes up riding his ass out of nowhere and it's this black it's this black car with an upside down cross and it's the devil that is at that is uh they get into a little road little road fight against the devil um yeah with and then uh you know destroys the priest's car nowhere left to run the priest throws some holy water on it boom vaporizes (laughs) ambulance comes to save him but now my anthology's oh. over and they're looking around at this crash site and the cop picks up a horn and he was like do you think this is it and then his partner picks it up and says yeah this is it and screws it on the top of his head and he's the devil and he kills the cop boom end of anthology what? that's the dumbest shit i've heard in forever <laughs> oh my god this is why Brian is not writing an anthology. Wait, where no. is everybody? My eyeballs just exploded. <laughs> <laughs> I like to blow kids' minds uh, in my bang bus. Whoa. Uh, I just have something to throw out to Kyle real quick. Lay it on um, me. I, w- I want you to know that I want you on board with me when, when Devil's Night gets picked up by a major <laughs> studio. I, say, I need you to make this. And I'm going to tell Matt and Scott, no, yes. you can't be a part of this. No, no, because you got me you first. You didn't believe in it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm here for you. You didn't believe in the story, you know? <laughs> and when and when Roger Ebert is like, when that horn gets screwed in that cop's head, my jaw dropped. <laughs> I'm going to say, when he, when my, jaw dropped, my jaw dropped, my thumbs went up. Did yeah. you say Roger when, Ebert's jaw yeah, dropped? Dude, yeah, come oh on. Oh, my God. There's so many things wrong with that. Beyond the fact that he's dead, <laughs> he also hasn't had a jaw for the last 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I didn't say it was going to be easy. It's going to take some time to make the movie. We're going to be able to talk to the dead guy. This movie starts off. You got these two guys. They're sitting at a restaurant. And the one guy, it's like the most neurotic guy you could imagine mixed with like the most bro-y douchebag that you could imagine. Those two dudes have have some interactions that are like out of this world. Boy, because do like, they. Dude, you've got like the the one guy's just like, I don't know, man. I think that the cops saw us. He's like, he didn't see nothing. He's like, I don't know. It looks like he's killing us, man. <laughs> Consent is subjective. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like th- these guys, they're like walking down the street, just having this argument over if the cops following us. I know the broy guy at one point's like, what is he, the walking police? Whoa, jaywalking. That guy's <laughs> walking faster. <laughs> like, it is, oh, I can say bad. the N-word and not be racist. <laughs> like, <laughs> that is exactly what that guy would be like. <laughs> oh, 100%. I'd probably go with Dude Bro Party Massacre 3 just because that's like the aloe vera to the burn that is watching mm-hmm. Psycho Cop 2. It is the Pepto-Bismol to the indigestion that Psycho Cop 2 gives me. I basically, like, I, I, I could I say... Reach out to Mike James and see if this was, like, one of... Because I know that there's, like, so many movies that they watched while writing that, and I have a feeling that Psycho Cop Returns may have been... I don't know. He might in, be like, we smoked a lot of weed. I don't remember. <laughs> yeah. Fair. Matt. We didn't watch every movie. You can't ma- email us every week asking if this played a part. <laughs> no, they're too nice. Hey, did you guys happen to watch Gnaw 2, Food of the Gods? <laughs> because we noticed one character's name the same name as one of the yeah. people that pops up in Dubro Party Massacre. Yeah, Mike is a very common name, man. Stop writing. <laughs> hey, this character was really silly in this movie we watched, and you had silly characters in your movie. No, Matt. <laughs> yeah, but it could be, right? <laughs> no, Matt, we didn't base that scene off of the film that you shot with your friend Crispy. In for... Are you hey. sure? It feels very influenced by it. <laughs> hey, I just watched the Banana Splits movie, and I was wondering if you guys wanted to come to my birthday party. It's a Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I know you'll feel like you're out of place there, but I'm telling you, the pizza is fantastic. <laughs> I want a, I want a hundred tickets, and I got to go home with a ring. <laughs> oh, the one where uh, Matt got his wisdom teeth out uh, in his 30s and on his on his uh recovery time he watched home alone with his family and cried every 10 minutes yeah <laughs> i think that the, the best part of that whole story matt told me this in messenger but the best part of that story is the very first thing you started crying about was the um the guy across the the old man across the street that everybody hates and you're like but he has so much love to give (laughs) i can't stand him he's super cringeworthy it's like rest in peace aunt lisa but when she first got diagnosed (laughs) with cancer she would go through chemotherapy and would be in virginia in two weeks mountain hiking matt got his teeth pulled and he just keeps posting as i recover from my surgery The best part is when he posted a picture of his armband like he was in the ER. <laughs> thirsty. It was a thirst trap. <laughs> so thirsty. He was waiting for hey, that GoFundMe uh, page to be created. <laughs> why don't you give a little rundown of your podcast, and then I want you to roast the fuck out of your brothers. <laughs> All right. That's why I'm here. That's the only reason I came on. <laughs> the meanest um, girl I know. <laughs> it's because... When you grow up with our family, like, you have to learn how to take shit. So, like, I'm not going to be a fraud. Like, it took me up to, like, age 15 to not cry when they roast me. So, I just, (laughs) I've gotten stronger throughout the years because of how hard they were on me as a child. Are you the baby of the family? Yes, I am. Oh, well, that explains a lot. But now Matt is. (laughs) (laughs) You got your karma that time that you made me go on like a drug run with you and you slipped on the ice and slid down the driveway. Yeah, I picked her up from work and then I had to go to my dealer's house. And you know how you're excited because you just got the drugs that you've been thinking about. So I so I, I ran out. I ran out oh to God, the Jeep was... full of joy and I just hit a thing of ice and my feet went higher than my head. Have you ever <laughs> seen like like penguins where they run and like kick their feet together and then they slide down the hill? Like that's what he looked like. And he somehow like just like swooped back up and opened the door. Like it was the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. Well, I do want to call out the, the hypocrisy on this show <laughs> and, and how it affected my life because they, they put on this front that they're tolerant of all people, but they... They really like to shame people that procrastinate to watch movies for this podcast. So I, I said, you know what? Let me let me try to appease them. So I watched this a week early, and I don't remember what the fuck happened. I just know that I picked. Didn't you take notes? No, I don't take notes. I just know that I picked this movie for my friend Eric, and I was like, man, Eric, you fucking suck. You don't remember Magic Secrets finally revealed? It was that like series oh, of that yeah. weird looking guy with the yeah. mask on yeah, yeah he would wear the that. mask and show you how magic tricks were done and he we'll talk about it in the patreon bonus yeah. episode this is a fascinating that's story that's what we're talking i mean because I, I i was like what magic secrets does matt have that we're going to talk about <laughs> in the patreon yeah <laughs> yeah so patreon.com backslash hmn and i uh, hear about the the crazy HMN story yeah Can the crazy like, explain this shit to us because i'm going in to record about a show that I vaguely remember. And I've never even heard of. <laughs> this is right. just Matt's passion yeah. project. It's the Matt show. <laughs> and here's my backup guys that are here to tell me how funny I am. <laughs> well, I don't know shit. when we became vaudeville, but okay. I'm, I'm all for it. All right, so. <laughs> well, I we have to talk about one more thing. Okay. It's Nix's butthole on his forehead when yeah. he comes back from the dead. It's called oh, a my... third eye, Scott. Show some respect. Oh, my God. It's, it's called the brown third eye. <laughs> yeah, that did look like if, – if that did not look like a pulsating butthole, then you are a normal person. But to me, it looked like a pulsating butthole. <laughs> yeah, but we're also talking about uh, Clive Barker here. So he obviously was doing that on 
purpose. I just like that Brian said pulsating butthole twice, right. and all I can hear is Bobcat Goldthwait and Scrooge. He's like, he says you're a pulsating butthole. <laughs> I like that term. I think we need to change. Stop naming the movies. Give them a better surprise. We should just name all episodes like Hardy Boys uh, books, and this episode will be called Horror Movie Night and the Pulsating Butthole. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that that would be good for our numbers. <laughs> if it's a movie that you don't enjoy, you gotta save the night to fight the break of dawn. Dawn, no. tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow I'll be gone. gone. Fun fact, Eagle Eye Cherry, his actual birth name. Wow, that name? is fun. Scott, I know that Brian and I have the same thing to talk about, so you should go first on this uh, what I, I did we watch I, thing. Hi, I'm Eagle Eye Cherry, and this is my brother, Pulsating butthole. <laughs> Jerry. <laughs> it's it's very weird because in all honesty, like the first half of the soundtrack is all hits, and then the the second half isn't as catchy. But when you're watching it, like when it when you when you're when you're watching the movie, it's just hit after hit. Like like I love every song throughout it when I'm watching it. But the second half of the soundtrack, for some reason, I just never want to listen to. Where's the second half? I stop listening usually after some fun now. I think what? that's the name of the song. Yeah. What? Dude, you're missing suddenly so- Seymour? Like- yeah. Oh, take a lap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing is that suddenly Seymour is the least entertaining song on the, the oh, soundtrack. Oh, I, I strongly disagree. I, think I know you do. You guys are forgetting sap. The- But even like Feed Me... I listening to it as just a song. the 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 ending is great. The ending's yeah. great because I love Taking Back Sunday. And anytime I have, <laughs> anytime I have two people singing at the same time, I'm happy. <laughs> but the first part's just like it's not bad. It's just not something that I would casually listen to. Like I'm not going to argue with Matt who listens to Hocus Pocus by ICP on his way to church. You know, like. <laughs> We have different standards for what's a good car soundtrack. <laughs> Dude, I just, I think for me in musicals, I always lean towards the big like show-stopping ballad and just like suddenly Seymour to me is one of the best show-stopping ballads of all time. Like, Who are we talking so to good. here? Because I'm pretty sure that we've had conversations many times where we're like, oh, the fucking ballads, it's time to take a nap. No, Well, the ballads in like hair metal records, absolutely. No, but the ballads no, in musicals. We've, do you know how many albums came out that were just ballads for hair metal? <laughs> yeah. Power ballad. I saw the commercials. That's how I know Damn Yankees high enough. <laughs> I had this on VHS growing up. I watched it religiously. I think that this is where my obsession with women with weird voices comes from. Because Ellen Queen with her little tiny annoying voice is just so endearing. Is Adam Sandler in here? <laughs> I loved you in Uncut Gems, Mr. Sandler. <laughs> oh, thank you. We don't have any much. Oh, yes. See, Adam, where did I do the movies? <laughs> That's just fucking Pennywise. <laughs> so, so my friends, they're not that funny. I can't do Adam Sandler. I don't know. No, what was that? Um, uh, Matt or Brian rather always talks about how in like the early two thousands, every death metal band would like use quotes from movies like Mm -hmm. right before a breakdown. And I wish, I can't believe that no one ever used vodka being like, who the fuck are all of you? And because that would be amazing. Cause you're like, who the fuck are all of you? I don't know. It was like fucking, that would be great to open up a pit too. Um, The best, the best one is the one that Brian made. Which he, you remember how Memphis is laid to rest opens by Norma Jean, where it's the like, uh, that was me and Eric Biggest. That was the tag team effort. Last names. Uh, so they, no, no. This is an honor. Biggest one's credit. And, 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 and he deserves way more credit than me because he was the one who actually put it together. So they mixed a thing with Oliver <laughs> Twist. <laughs> where it's Oliver <laughs> Twist going, hey, sir, please, sir, can please. I have some more? And he goes, <laughs> Where is that? Dude, I need it's to so hear good. What? Please, sir. Can I have some more? <laughs> you know what the song on that album was? What? Um, California Love, uh, 
California Love Radio. Remember that? That was no. the second song we did together. Yeah, it was um, it was a mashup between <laughs> California Love and uh, Gorilla Radio. And then, like, once it stops, California Love. Oh, I do remember that. <laughs> I don't have any of those on my computer, but I do have the. In- <laughs> All right, so on iTunes, they their band name was Dirty Dan and the Dust Bunnies. <laughs> And they uploaded all of the music onto my computer under the album It's Techno Time. And then under genre, they just wrote only the greatest genre ever. <laughs> oh, dude, we were like, how old were we? We were young, it was, man. It was from 2006. So. No, we were 16. We weren't that young. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Man. One of the songs is called Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> Oh, good. I think Jesus. those are like the shitty garage band ones. Yeah, the the song titles are Crappy for External Use Only, Ode to Eric, Phantom of the Opera, Poor Lake Corpse, Semi Crappy, and Tsunami with a T. Oh, Tsunami with a T, dude. That was a good one. That was either on the album uh, I'm So Happy I'm Emo or Back in Black Chuck Taylors. <laughs> God, you're so clever and so stupid. <laughs> That's basically just the Kelly legacy. Is so smart but so stupid. For what you are about to receive, may the Lord make you truly thankful. Amen. Please, sir, I want some more. What? Please, sir, I want some more. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. At maximum mediocrity, people say things like, I don't dress like this on a regular basis. This isn't my, you know, pooping uniform. This is not <laughs> <laughs> And they also say things like, the, the nurses are usually either angels of mercy or whores. Every episode is a new experience where you get to know people that aren't famous but should be. Why am I facing Floyd Mayweather in the what? My co-host Morgan and I track down the people you didn't know you needed to hear from. It's like hot sex in a mug. We are the Maximum Mediocrity Podcast, and we are on all major podcasting platforms. We'll be waiting for you. Hey, welcome to Unstable Topics, a fast-paced, jam-packed, unhinged, bestie podcast filled with facts, reacts, and made-up games in between. We're your hosts, Sarah and Maggie. And we're excited for you to join our best friend hangout, where we surprise one another with things we find interesting or hilarious just to see how the other will react. Our friendship might be totally stable, but you never know what your bestie might throw your way to knock you off your game. So come shake things up, learn something new, and laugh along with us. This is Unstable Topics. You're listening to the Geekscape Network.